Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Blue Oyster Cult with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 64. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 66. It's 49 in downtown Springfield. You know, some of you are listening live, but many of you are going to listen later on on the podcast. Brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. Man, what a show today. More Joe Bonamassa tickets. Joe Bonamassa tickets. And then uh, there's something else we're going to do. Uh, keyword to cash. Keyword to cash. At that thing, and then uh, we'll just uh, sit around and chew the fat. Oh, there is fat to be chewed. Um, there was something I wanted to say, and now I just totally like it. Just I just uh, blanked on it. Was it here, backs? Here's fifty bucks. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And you know what? I'm fresh out of money. I have to go to the ATM later uh, and get it for you. Well, Sorry about that. So anyway, we got a lot going on today. Hey, and you know, tonight too, we're going to be out uh, celebrity bartending down at the White Lion. Yes, that's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll tell you all the details about that and more. It's 535 in Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 and Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 64. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, just over six months after criminal charges were dropped against Alec Baldwin for the 2021 killing of Russ cinematographer Helena Hutchins, new involuntary manslaughter claims could be put before a grand jury in a matter of weeks. Uh, Special prosecutors Carrie Morrissey and Jason Lewis uh, said after extensive investigation over the past several months, additional facts have come to light that we believe show Mr. Baldwin has criminal culpability in the death of Helena Hutchins and the shooting of Joel Souza. Uh, That was. uh, Oh, yeah, that happened two years ago this this month. Uh, we believe the appropriate course of action is to permit a panel of New Mexico citizens to determine from here whether Mr. Baldwin should be held over for a criminal trial. So they're going to do it again. Know. It's um, you, you know, it's almost uh, like you can't even shoot people anymore. Yeah, it's uh, what's that? It's the Carrentala trial of uh, of New Mexico. Yeah, they're going to try him four times before they finally put him down. Well, I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't understand how with all that it was a movie set. How can how can you hold somebody criminally responsible for something? If somebody told you, hey, yeah, this is a blank gun, uh, there's nothing in this, and then all of a sudden there is something in it, and somebody gets killed. That's not really your fault. Hey, it's your negligence, though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it may not be. like, Is this a criminal trial, or is this like a civil it's, case? It's a criminal thing, but you know what? Usually they do the criminal thing and have the charges dropped and then go into the civil trial going, hey, you know what? Uh, you owe us some money now. No, I get it. I get it. But, uh, you know, poor guy. I mean, it's just like he didn't mean to shoot somebody. Yeah. It's just uh, it's the way things go. Well, Jada Pinkett, Pinkett, Pinkett. Is that how you say it? Pinkett? Jada Pinkett. Yeah. She's not the only one dropping truth bombs lately. Britney Spears detonates a few uh, in her upcoming memoir, The Woman in Me, which goes on sale on Tuesday. Uh, This has to be the biggest, though. She had an abortion when she was dating Justin Timberlake, and it was his idea. 
Really? Yeah. Quote, Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. She also adds, I don't know if it was the right decision. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a dad. And she says it was, quote, one of the most agonizing things I've ever experienced in my life. She also reveals why she shaved her head back in 2007. Quote, I've been eyeballed so much growing up. I've uh, been looked up and down, had people telling me what they thought of my body since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Shaving my head and acting out were my ways of pushing back. Not long after that, she was in a conservatorship, an abusive one, according to her. She says her father repeatedly told her she looked fat and would have uh, have to do something about it. He also made her feel like she was never good enough. She uh, says she uh, became, quote, a sort of child robot, being told what to do, what medications to take, having her every move and all of her affairs controlled, and thinking about it makes her sick. Quote, think about all of how many male artists gambled all their money away, how many substance abuse or mental health issues. No one tried to take control of their bodies and their money. I did not deserve what my family did to me. Actually, you're pretty. She's got a good point. She's got a really good point. What was that? The same thing that happened to Brian Wilson, or did he just he just fell out of the spotlight on his own because he had a nervous breakdown, right? Or did somebody take over his affairs? Somebody took over his affairs. It was a psychiatrist. Yeah. Who was sent? Who was then eventually uh, his license was removed because of the abuse of Brian Wilson for right. years. Yeah. So kind of the same along the same Similar. thing where. In somebody else is trying to control who, how this person makes money. That's uh, that's her dad. That's no, her no. own dad. Her own dad did that to her. Terrible. What a scumbag. Uh, Sophia Bush. All right. From Chicago PD in One Tree Hill. Split with her husband Grant Hughes two months ago. But she already has a new partner. And here's a twist you didn't see coming. It's a woman. Okay. All right. All right. Well, and, there you go. And you may have heard of her. It's Ashlyn Harris, a professional soccer player who used to play for the U.S. national team. No, I haven't heard of her. She says, if there's grass on the field, it's time to play right, ball. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's insensitive. A source says they've been friends for years but went out on their actual first date a few weeks ago. This is so recent, and they are be- both beginning new chapters. Ashlyn is just getting out of a relationship, too. Last month, she filed for divorce from s- fellow soccer pro Allie Krieger. Uh, the two of them had been playing on the U.S. team. Sophia's 41 and never publicly identified as gay or bisexual. She did share a great kiss, though, with Britney Snow in the 2006 movie John Tucker Must Die. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's where it all began. Who knows, Steve? Who knows? You can always uh, choose who you fall in love with. You don't know who any of these people are, do you? Not since you mentioned Alec Baldwin. I was told the other day we are very out of touch. Who? A listener said that we were out of touch. I don't Says even know. Who? I, we were talking about something that we didn't know that probably should everybody should have known. Well, listen. I mean, you can't keep tabs on everything. No, you can't keep tabs on everything. And why are people looking at us to have to be you know with it and informed? I think there's some level of expectation that well, whose we fault? should be in the know. Whose fault is that? Last month, it was reported that the that a revival of The Office was in the works uh, with original showrunner Greg Daniels on board, and that was basically all the information that was given. Well, Daniels himself has addressed that report, and he didn't exactly deny it. He said, quote, the thing I would say is, when there's something to announce, I will definitely announce it. That's not really That's saying a, anything. It's kind of a dodge, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I was I read some meme the other day where it's, uh, it said, hey, if you like... 
your if you like an American TV show, just Google the name of that show and put UK version, and you'll find the better version of that. <laughs> it's probably true. Well, because how many shows? There's shows all the time that get copied from yeah, the BBC. All, and all, all in the stuff. family. Uh, yeah. The Office. It could go on forever. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne wouldn't hold back from peeing himself during shows. He says uh, because he was wet anyway from throwing water on the audience, you might as well just go for it. What a, well, what a dirty man. <laughs> what a very, very dirty man. I think through a very uh, long part of his career, people just looked at him and go, how? Was, what, what is he doing? I was going to pee him on the stage, okay? Uh, don't mind that. That's just the puddle for the bats to drink up. Who is that? That's Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Kim Kardashian played a sexy publicist who strips down for a raunchy sex scene in the Friday the 13th episode of the American Horror Story. Really? Mm-hmm. She must have had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I stripped down for a raunchy sex scene was when Ray J pulled me out of my Punama Canal and splattered an expressionist map of the Galapagos Islands on my back in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. It's, uh, it's very involved. It, it's more than a mouthful. Yes, it is. Uh, Caitlin? I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once uh, went in through the outdoor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I played whack-a-mole with yesterday's tacos. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that after I brought the Jeep to the mud bog, we finished off the evening with a showing of the bad smell of success starring Spurt Lancaster. <laughs> The whole thing uh, reminded me of that time I was on Merv Griffin's Cinco de Mayo potluck party and Ernest <laughs> Borgnine tricked me into pulling his finger. <laughs> Ta-da! Wow. And, and, then, and to think I have leftover tacos to eat this week. And, uh, and by the way, uh, people submit these kinds of things. So if you want me to say something, you can go ahead and just email that to me. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Pro contractors who rent power equipment depend on... And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor power headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, let's face it. There is not an employee in America that hasn't thought of quitting their job in a blaze of scorched earth, leaving nothing but jaw-dropping devastation and disbelief behind as you casually saunter off into the sunset. I've certainly fantasized about that sort of thing, and you have too. The reality is very few of us have the guts. Sure, I talk a big game, but when I finally retire from this godforsaken business, approximately 2,888 days from today, I'll probably act like a professional because that's just how I roll. But that certainly doesn't stop me from thinking about it. Why am I bringing this up? Well, get a load of this. On Monday, Oakland A's relief pitcher Trevor May announced on Twitch that he has decided to retire from baseball after nine years in the big leagues. But in doing so, he took the opportunity to blow things up on his way out by directly ripping into A's owner John Fisher, who you might recall is planning on relocating the team out of Oakland, where they've been for the last 55 years, and moving them to Las Vegas. In this address, Trevor May made the following statement, quote, Sell the team, dude. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually likes take pride in the things they own. There are actually people who give a crap about the game. Although he didn't say the word crap. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. 
But he also goes on to say, if you're going to be a greedy jerk, own it. Although he didn't exactly use the word jerk either. Now you might say, but Baxi, this guy made an announcement on Twitch, a live streaming service typically devoted to online gaming. Isn't that like a tree falling in the woods? I suppose if you're willing to ignore the 140 million people that use it, then I can see where you might think that. I, however, am choosing to applaud Trevor May for having the guts to say what John Fisher needs to hear. Will it make a difference? Not in the least, but I'm sure that blasting out that sort of otherwise reckless sentiment into the live streaming universe is ridiculously satisfying. So congratulations, Trevor, on your retirement from baseball. But more than that, thank you for giving myself and the rest of us something to dream about for the next 2,888 days. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get off my lawn. That's what you say to your leaves as they're falling all over the place. Then you go to Rocky's for a leaf blower. In fact, you're going to Rocky's. They might even give you something like a Craftsman, an Ego, or a Steel. Get real leaf blowing power at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock, Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 and sticks with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is going to be uh, sunny with a high of 64. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Rest easy, preservationists. The owners of this soon-to-be-open dazed cannabis still have the old exotic dancers lounge neon sign for the magic lantern. I thought this uh, wasn't going to go through. Yeah, I thought this uh, I this thought, whole thing uh, uh, fell apart. Oh man, I guess it's uh, it's back in action now. Uh, talking about the magic lantern, uh, which was sold a couple of years ago, now being turned into a, uh, a, a cannabis dispensary. Uh, it's in storage, said Ryan McCullum, a consultant for uh, spokesman for Dazed Cannabis and part owner of the Munson business. But our new sign is up. It's Dazed Cannabis now. The vintage sign, which also glowed with the word topless, is gone from the building at 399 Boston Road West with ca- Dazed Cannabis planning to open on or around Thanksgiving. The sign's fate remains unclear, though. Uh, we don't we don't know for sure what we're going to do with it, he said, but it will probably be used indoors as an art element the retail space already has. Uh, and McCullum won't go into details, a visual reminder of 399 Boston Road West. Now, uh, would they consider uh, auctioning it off No, to they, the highest bidder? Well, they already sold it. The owner of the building was, remember we had the guy yeah. on and he sold it to the people who, he sold it to these folks. But it, but, so, but we, that sounds like they're not going to do anything with it. I, they don't know what they're going to do with it. I thought it was going to be part of the decor inside. Yeah. I thought that I, was going to be the uh, the thing. I think that would be very fancy to have that big, giant uh, thing yeah. indoors. And, of course, uh, Ryan says, you're just going to have to come see for yourself. Oh, well, yeah, of course that's, you are. That's, like a, that's, that's a businessman talking. Yeah. Uh, our whole vibe is fun. We've had uh, meet and greets with artists. We've sponsored boxers. Our name is on a stock car in Connecticut. The Magic Lantern, in business since the 1960s, closed more than two years ago. Victims, its owner said, of COVID restrictions on entertainers and dining, and the landlords have leased the space to Dazed Cannabis. When it was the Magic Lantern, the club played host to comedian Rodney Dangerfield, and members of the New England Patriots uh, took photos with, a tw- with the 20-foot outdoor sign. Soon after the club closed, its last owner put up the sign for sale mm. for $20,000. Dazed opened in uh, Holyoke in 2021, operating on Jackson Street in the marijuana-friendly paper city. We've been successful here in a very, very competitive market, McCollum said. 
The company has a relationship with a grower and a third location. This on uh, Union Square in Manhattan is also set to open up in a few months. The Dazed Manhattan site was opened briefly as a pop-up, a unique option under New York's cannabis law. Well, they're expanding all over the place. Now, uh, will this dispensary have amateur night every Wednesday night for $100? Yeah, uh, I think it's called uh, Stank and Skanks. <laughs> See, this is why they yeah. should have kept both businesses well, together. Yeah, yeah. You, you could do both. There's a there's one in there's one in Beckett of okay. all places. It's a dispensary, and there's a bar right next to it. Restaurant. It's like within. It's in the same building. It's a small little place. It's a wow. little shop on one side and uh, and a bar on the other. Isn't that convenient? Well, it's it's the Hilltown way of doing things. We just combine all our bad habits in yeah. one. If we could gamble, we would, too. Well, in, in some ways, right? In some ways, it is two different kinds of clientele. Yeah. Yeah, some people like to get plowed with booze. Some people like just like to relax and chill with uh, with cannabis. I think you got a pretty good balance out in the hills. Oh, that, yeah. That would, oh, yeah. That, that would sustain both businesses. They'll, they'll be just fine. Uh, but I would like to have seen, you know, uh, a fusion of... Exotic dancing yeah. and cannabis. I think that would have been very, very interesting. I mean, obviously, it's a business plan that won't work for months, and since they just don't know how to support their local businesses like the, the Tragic Lantern, but, you know, even still. Yeah, even still. Even yeah. still. Would have been a good, a good combination. They're saying it's a tough time for the cannabis industry following layoffs and the shutdown of True Leaves operations in Springfield. Wholesale prices are still depressed at $173 per ounce, according to the Cannabis Control Commission. That's down from more than 400 as recently as 2021. You know what, though? That's I think that's their own problem and their own fault for the way that they un- unveiled legalized cannabis. Remember, they legalized it, but then for two years, nobody could open. And in right. that two years' time... All these people started, oh, yeah, I'm just going to grow it now since it's legal. So you once you start getting into the market and people start realizing, hey, I could go to the guy down the street and get an ounce for way cheaper than I could going yeah. to the dispensary. And he could gift it to yeah. me legally. So that's why the price, I think, has come down. And they, well, they have I come think- down. I mean, you can go in and buy like pre-rolled joints at any one of these places sure. for less than $6. Well, I think there's that, but I also think you've got, you know, there's so much saturation of of dispensaries that, yeah. you know, the, the prices are going to go down. If you had, if, if you were limited to, say, like five yeah. in the entire state, you could pretty much set the price of whatever you want it to be. And but, exactly. But now you're right. After all these places popping up, you have to have sales and you have to be able to have things that get people to come into your place to set well, you apart from everybody else. Think about it. There's only uh, a finite number of places in which they're getting supplies, right? There's only like so many growers in the state of Massachusetts. Yeah, you can only either grow your own in the state or you have to buy it from somebody who grows it in the state. Exactly. Yeah. So everyone is selling primarily the same product. Mm-hmm. So you have to distinguish your it's like any other business. You have to distinguish yourself from the next guy. Right. The guy across the street and down the you know, down the road a piece. I mean you, you have to figure out a way to do that. And pricing is the first thing to to change as a result of it. So, you know, I mean this is these are the growing pains of of the entire industry. Yeah. It may get better if, you know, nationally it's decriminalized and, you know, all of a sudden it's considered to be a legitimate industry, which frankly it should, but 
they're not there yet. You'll see it for sale in those little convenience stores that aren't quite corporate owned. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Uh, like Sunny Marts. Little, or, little yeah. Ma and Pa type of places. Or, or Daily Marts. Yes. Or one of those places. The ones that are like the no frills version of what they used to be. <laughs> right? I do know what you're talking and about. They ha- well, that, like that guy in Westfield got busted for having all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's places where you can go illegally buy all these things. And when you got guys like that out there, that's how the price of marijuana goes down. Hamden County has already three. Thir, I'm sorry, Hamden County already has 36 retail licenses, with 14 new licensees this year alone. Wow! So you're open. You opened up 14 different ones this year. That's a lot, man. That's uh, it, that's it's an exploding business. I think we can all ag- yeah. agree with that. But in doing that, you have some growing pains associated it's like it, oh, yeah. it, it's growing yeah. pain yeah, I see yeah, what I mean. yeah, yeah it wasn't that was totally uh yeah. totally by accident but it's but it's true i mean there there's some there's some issues with an industry bursting out like this yeah and uh yeah so i don't uh, you know from a consumer point of view uh, you know lower prices are are awesome but if you run the business and everybody wants to do what insta did in northampton yeah. you know, well that that train's run it's course mccullum said dazed and munson will be the only legal marijuana shop in its area there are none in wilbraham or ludlow but there are shops in palmer well that's the area that little that, all that is that little where that strip club or now a dispensary is is if you look on the map, it's just like a little like appendix of Munson. It's not really like yeah the center of Munson. You're gonna be more into the center of Palmer two seconds later. Yeah, I mean it's it's stra- yeah. it straddles two sides of Palmer. So it's not you know to say you're the only one in the area is really not true. Well, you're, they're, they're you're the, the only one in that in area of Munson. I, I yes, that area of Munson. So he's not technically wrong it's it's like when they come out with like movie stats well this is the first film to ever hit uh, 30 million dollars after the fifth third week of the <laughs> millennium you know it's, it's always making up some yeah. new stat so but hey they're gonna be uh they're gonna be opening and uh i think it'll smell a lot better than it used to in there <laughs> less skank more skunk yeah well that but but that's the thing see that place smelled like a skunk in there, but for two <laughs> different reasons. It's 622 on Rock 102. The two. Mostly uh, sunny uh, today with a high of 66. Tomorrow, more of the same. It is uh, 46 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, you know, real quick, the Mayflower Marathon is only 33 days away from today. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not counting down the days. I'm just saying for, you know. For, for the record. How it's, many days you got left to retirement, don't you? Uh, 2,888. Oh, there you go. Anyhow, uh, one of the things that uh, I'm very excited about, these just came in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Get a load of this. These are the new Mayflower Marathon Springfield Thunderbird jerseys. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. They are we'll, wicked cool. We'll, we'll take a picture in them later and put them up. We'll do, um, yeah, we'll do some modeling. But uh, thanks to the, uh, the folks at GG Inks, they did a great job with these shirts, and they will be available uh, for all soon enough. Uh, Gigi did a good job uh, with those wacky 102 ones that we have yeah, as well. Yeah, that one I really, really like. But these, these are very specific to the Mayflower Marathon. It is the 30th Mayflower Marathon this year. So That's it's why a, there's a 30 on the back. Yeah, so it's a commemorative shirt. So this won't mean as much next year or the year after, but it means a lot right now. 
a so. commemorative shirt. Yeah. Are we going to get 31 on the next year's ones? <laughs> and then 32 and 3 and you know, if, and uh, Yeah. Wouldn't that be kind of... Get the, the whole series of them. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be great. You want to laugh? Sure. All right. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh? Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. So three women die, and they find themselves standing at the pearly gates. Okay. And St. Peter says to the first woman, how many men did you sleep with in your life? That's a little personal question. It's very personal. I think they know that. But anyway, whatever. And the first woman says, I only slept with one man, my husband, and I didn't sleep with him until after we were married. So then St. Peter turns to the angel standing next to him and says, give her the key to the silver room. Okay. The silver room. Yeah, the silver room. The angel gave gave the woman the silver key, and the woman walks right up to heaven with the key, right? And then uh, St. Peter says to the second woman, how many men did you sleep with? Again, a little personal, but yeah. still. Uh, I remained a virgin my whole life, for I was a nun, and I devoted my life to God. So St. Peter turns to the angel and says, give her the key to the golden room. The golden yeah. room, okay. So the angel gave the woman the golden key, and the woman goes into heaven with the key. And then St. Peter turns to the third woman and says, well, how many men did you sleep with in your life? Again, kind of, you know, a little too nosy. And she goes, well, I slept with 13 men before I started dating my husband, 35 while we were dating, 49 while we were engaged, 56 while we were married, and 28 after he died. (laughs) And St. Peter turns to the angel and said, give her the key to my room. Ah, that's more that's more of a golden key right there. Oh, you're you know right what I'm about that. Yeah. Big name dealership. Six thirty one with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a five thousand dollars sign on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. A third suspect in the Holyoke shooting, which injured a pregnant bystander and left her baby dead, remains on the run in law enforcement uh, from law enforcement. And a judge set a $25,000 bail on Tuesday for a Holyoke man accused by authorities of aiding the runaway suspect to evade arrest and flee Massachusetts. 31-year-old Jose Galarza uh, pleaded not guilty at his arraignment in Holyoke District Court. And Judge William Hadley set a higher bail than his girlfriend, J. Marie Rosado Rosario, 29, also of Holyoke, who was arraigned the day before on the same charge, accessory after the fact of murder. Rosado Rosario was held on $5,000 bail on Monday. Two men were charged with murder in the days following the deadly shooting near the intersection of Sergeant Maple Streets on October 4th. Still, a third suspect has so far eluded arrest, and uh, Kermith D. Alvarez of Holyoke is on the state police's most wanted list in connection with the shooting. Mass State Police described Alvarez as five foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds with black hair and brown eyes. He is armed and dangerous and goes by the alias Kermith Vargas. Vargas. Uh it's scumbag. What a just an all around group of scumbags. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, he killed a, he shot a pregnant woman and uh, killed the baby. But we're gonna try to get him a hotel room for the night. And uh, and help him escape from the police. Yeah, I, like, I mean honestly, you know. <laughs> what are you what are you helping that guy for? Well, because you know scumbags stick together. I guess I don't know. I guess I guess uh, that's what we do. Uh, a Springfield man allegedly involved in a shooting on West Street in Chicopee was arrested, according to the Chicopee Police. 
last Wednesday, and we're just hearing about this today. Didn't today Wednesday? Well, you know, the funny thing is there was a banner last night on 22 News that says, Breaking News! And I click on it. It's like it happened last week. That's not breaking news. Anyway, last Wednesday, around 5.53 p.m., dispatch received multiple 911 calls for reports of possible reports of shots fired in the area of 50 West Street. When officers arrived, no victims were found and no injuries were reported. An officer attempted to stop the vehicle believed to be involved on Springfield Street. However, the driver failed to stop and drove into Springfield at a high rate of speed. Officers continued to pursue the vehicle until it crashed on Berkshire Avenue in Springfield. The driver, identif- identified as 35-year-old J-Lo LeBoy. J-Lo? Yeah, J-Lo. J-Lo crashed on Berkshire Avenue in Springfield. I had no idea that Where, she was even in the area. I thought Ben Affleck was the one that had the problem. It shouldn't be driving. He's the one crashing into her all the time. He was charged with uh, all kinds of things, uh, including uh, Mark Mullane's violation, speeding rate of speed greater than reasonable, and leaving the scene of a personal injury accident. And also drug crimes and carrying a firearm wow, without a light. I mean, there's all that stuff, too. Uh, motor vehicle operator refused to identify himself. What's your name? Putting in tame. Ask me again and I'll tell you the same. Where do you live? Down the Down lane. Down the lane. <laughs> well, why do you stand over there next to the muffin man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the one from Drury yeah, Lane. Drury Lane, that guy. He's he's part of an HOA down there <laughs> on Drury Lane. He can't you know, he wanted to put muffins all out on his front lawn and you're not allowed to do that within the within the parameters no. of the uh, homeowners association. No, you are not. A, uh, let's see, two suspects, uh, got that one, got that one, uh, how about this one? Uh, a pilot program using artificial intelligence-driven robots has launched at UMass Amherst to sort recycled items from the trash. Are they going to be using those during the Blarney Bash to Ooh. dispose of some students who may not be uh, welcome yeah. on campus? Yeah, interesting idea. The current pilot, Audit Pro, which stands for Pilot Readiness Optimization, is on the Lincoln Campus Center concourse. It was developed by Rstream, a robotics company founded by two UMass Amherst engineering graduates, Ethan Walko and Ian Goodine. It's the first step in the UMass Dining Services plan to incorporate AI-driven robots into their waste sorting process. These robots are designed to sort recycling from trash in order to reduce the amount of waste sent to landfills. Right now, the information is collect- uh, the information it is collecting is being aggregated in certain ports about the operation or sustainable per- performance of the students and staff on campus that is something that we are distributing to the sustainability and operations team. Do they... I wonder if anybody has ever, from the college, said, hey, you know what, let's find out where this trash actually goes. Hmm. And yeah. if they f- would follow that trash to a landfill, they would see that nobody really recycles and all of that stuff is in a landfill because most of the stuff that you recycle and try to be good about right. can't be recycled anyway. Because there's a certain number of items that can be recycled. And even those items can only be recycled once, maybe twice, depending on what, what kind of plastic it is. Uh, yeah, That's a lot of uh, additional work, if I'm not mistaken. It is a lot of additional work, and mm. it uh, seems to be a big, giant waste of time and money. <laughs> so, But that's what we do here. Yeah, well, that makes me think that uh, everything we've done has been a big, giant waste of time. I, I think you're absolutely right oh. about that. It makes you think. United Airlines will be completely changing the way passengers board a plane later this month. First class and business class passengers will still board the plane first, as they do now. 
But then the changes start. After certain groups, United Passengers Flying Economy and assigned window seats will board first. This will cut down on the amount of times people already seated have to stand in the aisle to let another person sit down. The new boarding process known as Wilma. Wilma! will begin for flights on October 26th, the airline said. Wilma! Hey, Bonnie, you're in my seat! Hey, Bonnie, you're <laughs> in the rock pit up there. <laughs> All windows uh, seat passengers will board the plane, followed by passengers with middle seats and then passengers with aisle seats. That's actually not a bad idea. This is the first idea an airline has that uh, would seemingly make the flow of getting people on the plane a little bit faster. Well, I think one of the, I think you're right. Cause I think one of the things that really slows everybody down is like if you have the window seat, yeah. and then everyone is, like there's somebody else sitting in the window seat, yeah. or they already got to the aisle before you. You got everybody got to get get up. Everybody's got to climb over each other. Yeah. Well, it's I a mean, big pain in the ass. Even on Delta, you know. On Southwest, it's like, oh, you're in A, A, B, or C. Yeah. You know, so that's first come, first serve kind of thing. But even on a plane like Delta, they board you by what row you're in. So if you're in row, let's say, 15 through 30, you're going to be part of that group or whatever that they allow you to get on the plane. But if you, but if you said yeah. row, you know, 15 through 30 window seats. Yeah. Then, think of how efficient that would be. You get all the window people in first, then the middle aisle people, yeah. and then the aisle people. I, it, it's actually not a bad plan. What? How did somebody become so smart in an airline recently to say, hey, we could make things more efficient around here if we just put our heads together? They must have hired somebody from outside the industry. Yeah. Customer traveling in groups on the same economy reservation will be assigned the same boarding group based on the highest applicable boarding group according to the memo. United Airlines has previously tested the Wilma method before and said it can save up to two minutes of boarding time per flight. Well, wait a minute. Just two minutes? That just seems like it's not even worth it at that point. I bet you it winds up being better than that. It probably will. I wonder if the two... You know, that's the other thing. When they test these methods out, people are probably confused. Going, wait a minute. What are they actually doing here? Yeah. So uh, you probably take your time going. I'm not really familiar. I'm usually, I'm usually worried about pushing and smushing into people. Yeah, and but, now you got people standing there with bags going. What do I do now? All right, but think about like like six months to a year out into this. Yeah, and people got to get used to it, and then the, the, it'll be even faster. That two minutes could be up to five. Yeah. Well, they have to. Uh, they still have to weigh the plane, don't they? Like, uh, what if you're uh, like a large fella? Yeah, they make you move. I have never been asked to move because I throw the balance off of a plane. I've seen it happen before. Sure. Uh, matter of fact, it happened, when was the last time that happened? I think I went to Atlanta a couple of years ago to go visit my mom. It was like a nighttime flight, like a like a like probably 7 or 8 o'clock. Right. And the flight was not full, but the flight attendant was like, listen, we need some of you. And she's like pointing to the tubbies in the back. I was already up front. We need some of you to come this way because I guess it does throw off the balance uh, of the plane. If you don't have an, like, if you don't have a full, yeah. they must account for a full flight versus, I don't know. An well, in, in the, in the trucking industry. Yeah. You know, if you have what is known as an unsecured load, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that can really throw off uh, everything in the truck. 
you know, how you turn, you know, how fast you can go, how quickly you can stop. Yeah, when your load shifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those things can have an effect. So why would uh, why would air travel be any different? That's you got true. a bunch of fat people on like on one side of the plane. You know, it's always going to lean a little bit to the left. I don't think it matters once you're actually up in the air. I think it matters when you're taking off or landing. Where it really messes things up yeah. is when you're crashing into the ground or into a mountain. Then all of a sudden, that extra weight gives you more momentum. You yeah. hit things faster. I don't, I don't think it matters. You don't point. think so? No, I don't. All right. I'm just, I'm just shooting spitballs out there, I guess. There are uh, two road diets in uh, road diet in uh, West Springfield that were created to help maintain safe speeds in those area in, in those areas. But how effective are they? Weren't you asking that question? Yeah, every time they built, every time they put one in. Road diets are proven safety countermeasures that reduce the number of conflict points and make travel safer for all roadway users. A study conducted by the Federal Highway Administration found some road diets can reduce crashes by almost 50%. Uh, Mass DOT has reduced a stretch of Route 20 and Route 5 in West Springfield from two lanes into one lane with the hope of making the other areas safer. The single travel lane helps reduce speeds by eliminating passing, uh, provides a more consistent traffic flow, and reduces conflict points between vehicles. Uh, Route 20 was identified as the high crash corridor from 2015 to 2018. A safety analysis between the intersections of East Mountain Road in Westfield and Kings Highway in West Springfield reported 212 vehicle crashes. Because it was that stretch of road that there's no businesses on, yeah, and and people, you know, with the four lane road like that, zoom, ninety miles an hour. Oh, I know. And you know what? They're still speeding down that, even if it's a road diet. As long as you have open road, as long as there's nobody in front of you, you're just gonna, you, yeah, you're just gonna gun it anyway. But if, uh, but if the road diet is working as it's supposed to, and you're having less crashes, while well, that's good. You're then slowing down traffic for everybody else who yeah. has places to go. True. And, you know, I mean, going the speed limit is perfectly fine. But if you, uh, you, tighten up the, uh, you tighten up the roadway, you know, the speed limit may not even be possible anymore. There are too many people on one road. In June of 2022, the 1.2 mile section of Westfield Street, Route 20 from East Mountain to Westfield, that was reduced down from four to two lanes along with the West Springfield line. Bicycle lanes were added as well with rumble strips on the edge of the uh, uh, median island and shoulders. Uh, and then they go in to tell you what they did. But they're saying that they're effective, that they are slowing people down and uh, things are becoming safer. Okay. I don't really want to be slowed down if I got a place to be. You don't, Do you even want to believe that? No. No, come on. It's just a made-up number. <laughs> they're, just, they're just trying to make you believe that things are, are better. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, mostly sunny with a high of 64. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Live in concert. Back at 6.52 in Elton John with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be sunny today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks pool is underway at rock102.com. It's your call football. Weekly winners get a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria in Hampton. Pizza the way you like it. The overall season winner gets a $500 cash card courtesy of Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics. Check the stats or go with your gut and play Rock 102's Pro Picks pool from Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, I'm reading this story out of uh, Arkansas. A 55-year-old uh, Arkansas man 
faces drug and sexual indecency charges after a deputy says he spotted him having sex with a stuffed animal. A judge uh, found probable cause to charge 55-year-old Theodore Morgavin III with possession of a controlled substance, methamphetamine, furnishing possession or use uh, using prohibited articles, possession of drug paraphernalia, and public sexual indecency. Do we... Uh know what kind of stuffed animal we're talking about here no, see it? that's the thing that's like one of the details that i'm like okay you got a story like this why wouldn't you tell everybody what kind of uh what kind of stuffed animal it was i mean it's like a, like a teddy bear or say like an old uh, uh mrs beasley doll boy i tell you what that used to get me going i think it's a grover doll grover the creeper is here <laughs> and now he is far away uh, he stated. <laughs> he stated that uh, the officer stated that the vehicle was rocking. Oh, uh, I bet. Well, when when that vehicle's rocking, you don't come and knock it. The deputy <laughs> reported he looked inside the vehicle and saw saw more Gavin quote having sex with a stuffed animal. Uh, define what that means. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, uh, uh, was there dinner? There was dancing involved. Right. Was it? Uh, you know, what, what what was Geppetto up to? Yeah, what are you doing with? The, are you are you? Uh, Rubbing, rubbing the, uh, rubbing the beanie baby. Is that what you're doing? He was rubbing the beanie baby, and then uh, that was the end of it. But, uh, but like you know, yeah. How were you doing it? Yeah. You know, what was the animal? What position was the animal in? I mean, was he? Uh, was this guy being let on? Could be. I mean, you know, you never really know. I mean. You take enough uh, methamphetamines, all of a sudden the dolls start talking to you, and they, yeah. you know, they start provoking you. Oh, and look, look at your pants. You've finished. No, no, that's just the white stuffing stuff that's inside the stuffed animal. <laughs> that stuff gets everywhere. I haven't been able to walk into a Build-A-Bear in months. Yeah, this is like uh, this uh, glitter is like the herpy of the art, arts and crafts world. Just when you think it's gone, there's always another piece left over, isn't there? <laughs> it's 656 at Rock 102. Tell me something good. Listening to Rock 102 could help you win $1,000. It's the keyword to cash. Listen for the $1,000 keyword. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I think we're all adults here, and as such, I think they now most of us can assume that the Patriots are probably not going to be winning the Super Bowl this year. I think they're not even going to go into the playoffs unless they buy a ticket. They're not even going to lightly pose a threat to make a wild card spot. Theoretically, this season is a total bust with very little reason for optimism whatsoever. So let me see if I can try to find that elusive silver lining that lies in the outskirts of the statistically dreadful season. Are you ready for this? Here we go. As you are aware, the New England Patriots are tenderly hanging on to a record of one win and five losses. They're not only in last place in the division, they're tied for the Denver Broncos for the worst record in the AFC. They also happen to be in a four-way tie for the second worst record in all of football. So, where's that silver lining I'm talking about? Well, get a load of this. If the season were to mercifully end today, the Patriots would be eligible for a very high first-round draft pick. Perhaps not the number one pick in the draft because that would be 
going to Carolina, who has yet to win anything, and they already traded that pick away to Chicago, who's also working on a terrible season themselves. But with a very little bit of effort here and there, and a substantial number of additional losses, the Patriots could, in theory, zoom up the charts with the bullet. Meaning that if they place less emphasis on turning things around, they could be looking at the number two or number three pick in the draft. How does that grab you? Listen, you choose to sit around and be disappointed in the Patriots this year if you want to, or you could choose the smarter option and root for as many losses and as much mediocrity as you can possibly get their hands on. Look, for all those Super Bowl championship years, the ultimate result was being stuck with a lower draft pick, most of which didn't really work out. But play yourself into a top two or three pick in the draft, that's going to take some extra effort. That's where all the quarterbacks are going to be. And if you want to get your hands on any of them, you're not going to get there by winning football games. That's why I say let the losses come because losing is the doorway to success. And I think it's worth a shot. But hey, enough of my yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Time for bed. That's what you say to your lawn this year, uh, this time of year, before you tuck in and turn out for the, uh, for the season. Rocky's Ace Hardware's got Scott's Winter Guard, the fall weed and feed lawn food on sale all month at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 709 in Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. A couple of uh, things to keep in mind. Uh, Joe, Joe Bonamassa is coming to uh, Symphony Hall on the 24th of, no- 24th of November. That's uh, Black Friday, right after the Mayflower Marathon. We'll have tickets to give away a little bit later on uh, this morning, and we'll be talking to him during the Mayflower Marathon, which, as I've said, is 33 days away from today. Uh, all right. Okay. 33 days. Yeah, it's like it's like that, man. Coming up quick. I know. Uh, I always like finding different little subreddits on Reddit to entertain myself with. You know, when I should be working, I like to yeah, you know, things no, I know. that uh, you know distract me. Uh, you know what I love on on Reddit? Yeah, the WTF videos. Is that a subreddit? It's a subreddit. See, I haven't seen that one yet. There's, a, I'm always discovering new ones. There's, there's so many different categories on here. That yeah, you can always find something new and cool. It's a, it's a bunch of videos <laughs> that when you watch them, when the video is finished, you say, "Well, WTF." WTF. It's and, 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 and you know it's like maybe like one or two real good ones a week, and you're like, "Wow, I can I can spend hours." Watching these horrible videos. Uh, do you say WTF afterwards? No, I actually uh, unpack the WTF and actually say what those words mean. Oh, not like the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where I was watching the other day where she was saying LOL out loud and he told Larry, he said, Look, we'll forget about this little fender bender if you just tell my wife to stop saying LOL and how annoying it is. <laughs> Because she would say, LOL. Yeah, yeah. Right. if you're laughing out loud, um, I think you've, you've already done it. But this one is uh, is called Petty Revenge. Do you like getting revenge on people? Sure. Who doesn't? I have, I've, uh, I've always lived by the, uh, by the philosophy that I don't even have to do anything to get revenge. Eventually, yeah. people who do things to me will like they'll eventually do themselves in, and and it, and it usually works out that way, and I don't have to do a, a damn thing about it. Seeking revenge uh, is yeah. a yeah, that's that's a that, that's a false pursuit. No. Letting karma do its job, yeah, that's, that's a whole that's lot. That's usually how it does. But some people feel the need to kind of push it along here. Mm-hmm. This one is so the the category is called petty revenge. This one's called I exposed an affair because it was affecting my sleep. 
My upstairs neighbor has been having an affair with a married man for about four months now. I wouldn't care, but because it's an affair, he comes over at odd hours of the night and they have sex very loudly. I can hear a lot. And it wakes me up and prevents me from sleeping. How do I know it's an affair? Well, he's never spent the night and his car has baby seats in there. Ooh. Oh, boy. Some backstory. I've had issues with my upstairs neighbor prior to this. She would throw parties on Monday nights. She gets home at 2 a.m. from pacing... From work, pacing her condo and having loud phone conversations. She's 40 years old, throwing parties with 20-year-olds and having affairs and living like a teenager. I'd like to meet this lady. Yeah, do you have an address here or a phone number, perhaps? Uh, I tried to talk to her like a normal person about my concerns, but she doesn't care, and I've had to get the association involved to stop the parties. I hate her. So I decided to learn some more about the mystery man. I looked up the license plate, found an address, searched the address, and found a name. Took the name and did some social media stalking and found the man and his wife's profiles. I made a throwaway account, messaged the wife about the affair. Haven't seen him now for a few weeks and I'm sleeping like a baby. And then for and for people asking how do you find the address, it's a it's a website called InfoTracer. Oh, okay. Oh, well, well give yeah. us give us your give us your license plate so we can find out where you live. <laughs> Would you go that far? Would you go that far to turn somebody in for doing that? Um, I would mind my own business. I, I'm kind of with you on that one. I, yeah. you know, to me, I, I don't want to ruin anybody's life just to prove a point. I, I would just rather uh, you know, have this blow up on its own. Well, I, but again, uh, when I go back to the karma thing, yes, it's annoying. Yes, you're dealing with it. But eventually this man is going to get caught whether you have something to do with it or not. Of course. Because that's course. usually how it happens. Right. And, you know, the, the the fact of the matter is, you know, what have you really gotten by seeking revenge other than, you know, you are now, you know, responsible for ruining lives. Yeah. You know, as opposed to the inconvenience of having a, you know, a, a, a bad night's sleep on a Monday. Yeah. Well. But I mean, come on! You've had a bad night's sleep on a Monday. That's sure. annoying. The next day, when you when you get up on Tuesday and you try to come in here and do this show, and you're dragging ass. I totally understand, yeah. and I totally relate to that. But on the other hand, there's a limit to really how much you should get involved. True, I think. But uh, again, if you're trying to sleep, yeah, I would tell that. But I'm a live and let live guy, Steve. Are you? A live yeah, and I let really live? am. Yeah. I'm, I don't pick. I don't button my nose into other people's business. Uh, None like of my a, business. No, it's not my beeswax. Like I, I would see. I would just wait for it to implode by itself, and then stand out on the balcony when the neighbor comes home and go, ah, "Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's satisfying." Yeah. But again, you you've allowed karma to do what karma does. All right, ready for another one? Yes. I made a dude get his nuts waxed on the first date after he lied to me. Right? Oh, do tell. When I was in my early 20s and online dating and was just starting, I made a profile and said I was just not going to be into two things, smokers and people with children. Just that. You could be anything else, and if the chemistry is there, we're good, right? I meet this guy in the early in the morning for a breakfast date, and we're hitting it off pretty average. No sparks, but no red flags. The date goes for two and a half hours, breakfast taking forever, until we are splitting the bill, and he tells me that he has, the, he has a kid. I asked him if he read my profile to know that I was not interested in that, and he says, yeah, I did, but I knew that if you just spent some time with me, you'd, you'd see how great I am and uh, how, you'd be, how you'd be willing to see past all of that. Mm. What an idiot. Yeah, he's setting himself up. 
Uh, I was floored as now he wasted three hours of my life and was okay with being a liar. That was unacceptable to me. I said, well, I don't want this date to end, but I have to go across town to get my Brazilian where they take all the hair off, including, you know, uh, the no-go area. Right. Uh, Done in an hour. You want to come with me and get one too? It's not painful at all, which is a total lie. And I think it's attractive on men to be clean down there. No pressure, but I'm uh, pretty busy the rest of the week, and this is my only free day. So he's all about following me everywhere. <laughs> I tell the uh, I told the ladies that this was his first time, and that they should take everything, including the no go area. Okay, right? Yep. He held my hand between a curtain, and we both got them done at the same time. He screamed a lot, but was a champ and went through it. And I made him pay for his own, and then never called him again. <laughs> if you're out there, Chris, please don't lie to women on the first date. It's a really bad way to start a relationship. Uh, and uh, she wants to thank everybody for the uh, validation that online dating sucks because all these people have commented on there. And she says, yes, I am a horrible person. And uh, it's not fake, but you can think so if you want. When I was in my early 20s, I did a lot of things I would still maybe do now and some I wouldn't. All right. Yeah. All right. So I understand the uh, I understand what she's trying to do here. But all she really needed to do is walk away from the date. She could have. She didn't have to put him through a great deal of physical pain just so he could have a a bald coin purse on him. Uh, no, but you know what? When you lie to somebody and say you, so you obviously she yeah. obviously read what she wrote and said, "I don't want people who have children." Listen, that's okay. There's a lot yeah. of people out there that don't want that, and that's like not everybody's going to get along that way. Yeah, people have preferences of what they want. But the punctuation point on that yeah. situation would be: there's no second date. No, you, the you punctuation really is: let's see how we can uh, torture this this <laughs> bastard and see what uh, what we can put him through. Don't you don't you want to? Wouldn't you want to see that? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put somebody in a great deal of physical pain, but right. I understand. I understand that he, you know, he certainly should have paid attention to, you know, her ad, and and that, uh, yeah, he should have been respectful of it. Mm-hmm. But to have your body hair ripped in your most, most sensitive areas uh, as a form of punishment, I think, is a, a bit much. That's something you should volunteer for, not something that you should be coaxed into, because you think. There's going to be a second date. Who's lying to who at that point? Yeah, but he's not. Well, you know, and w- what's the real harm done? All he did was get groomed. It's not like he got uh, tortured. Well, he got. All right, Steve. A let's bit. let's let's put yeah. some uh, wax straps on your no go hole area and see what happens. I actually wouldn't mind that. I'd like trying that <laughs> once in a while. Oh, well, I, I like a little adventure. Yeah, you know? no, hey, hey, yeah. Yeah. hey, knock yourself out, what's dude. What's better than a couple's massage than a couple's Brazilian? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I suppose. If I the suppose. Cu- the couple that can go through pain together can stick through anything. And that's what this guy probably thought. Oh, man, this chick loves it that I'm getting myself all cleaned up. And we're going we're gonna to bang tomorrow. <laughs> and then she never calls him back. I kind of like that yeah, idea. That's yeah. actually a pretty good way of doing it. You want to do one more? Sure. There, I kept finding bottles of peppermint schnapps in my yard. I collected, then waited. I bought a house on a corner when I moved to the area. I kept the yard cut and clean. The corner seems to be a place where trash was thrown out regularly. From the beginning, I kept finding peppermint schnapps pints along one of the fence lines. 
The first one I hit with a mower. It seemed uh, every day I would see one on my property in the exact same spot. I knew it had to be a neighbor, so I kept throwing them in my recycling bin and started to collect one after another. I hoped to uh, eventually find whoever it was who had this bad habit. I filled one huge contractor bed, then turned uh, one, then one into turn one turned into two. One day I was off uh, early and trimming the hedges by the house, and then I heard it—a thunk followed by something hitting the fence. I finally caught the litter bug. Now I have the car and driver. I jumped back in my truck and headed in the direction the guy went. He had just got out of his out of the car and went inside. I drove back home and loaded the very heavy bags of glass pints. Later that evening, I went to the man's house. There was another car in the driveway. I got out, rang the doorbell, walked back to get the bags. An older woman answered uh, the door as I was coming back. She asked if she could help me. I said yes. I told her that I've dealt with this problem and I was tired of it. The husband had now come outside. I took one bag and dumped it on the driveway. Bottles broke and flopped around. I grabbed the other bag and did the same. I told them that I was sick of picking up after him and he had better not see another pint in my yard. She immediately turned to him and started yelling. Apparently, he had a bad drinking problem no and promised kidding. that he would quit. Really? Well, that's, you know, when I tell you I find him down at the roadway, down at my, there's, a, there's another one I just saw this morning I got to pick up. It's a twisted tea can. Okay. You know, one of the big boys? Mm-hmm. That's the big boy you shove down after you pick it up at the package store before you get home to your wife. And you throw the receipt away, because like that guy I ran into in Florida said, that's evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he wouldn't he would down the pint before he got home, and my yard was his dumping zone, and I've never seen another bottle of schnapps after that. Wow, there you go. Yeah, that's a way to get rid of things. Well, I mean, I kind of understand that. It's you know, it's a again, it's it's an unsightly thing to have happen. I don't know if I would take it that far as to track somebody down, but that's yeah, that's I, w- me. I don't have that. I don't have that much. Yeah. Uh, because you know a, a drunk guy who's loaded on things like schnapps yeah might also have say like a gun rack in the house and if i'm dropping uh, all of his empties on his driveway i could be shot yes but you know what you could be shot but these are the people that are the heroes that are standing up to these uh scoff laws throwing pint bottles of liquor at your car in the same exact spot every time yeah you got to mix it up yeah, go somewhere else and throw it in another ditch. There's yeah. plenty of places to get rid of your trash out the yeah, window. You, you know, dump it in like a non-residential area. You know what uh, people don't realize now is that, like, because I've picked up a couple of, uh, like, Dunkin' Cups. Yeah. Your name's on the side of it. Because people mobile order. Yes, you're right. They either mobile order. If you if you do a mobile order, your name is associated with it. And at Starbucks, your name's on every cup. Yeah. So now I'm going to start highlighting the names of people. Get one of those yeah. big giant signs like you have in, uh, what is it, Montague? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Like the electronic sign. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Mark K. Hello, litterbugs. And you just have the names uh, I, yeah. scrolling all the time. I saw your double mocha latte strewn across my front yard, <laughs> you littering scoff law. It's 723 on Rock 102. Rock 102. Tonight, you and I are going to be uh, celebrity bartending. Suds for Santa. It's going to be at, uh, at White Lion on uh, on Bridge Street from uh, 5.30 till I think, 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of big-time uh, celebrities uh, coming out for this. Uh, Cheryl Clapperud, BJ Calvi. Uh, Santa? Will Santa be Santa there? will be there. Nate Costa, uh, yeah. the likes of us, Chris Kelly from MGM. You think uh, Santa enjoys a nice hoppy beer, or is he more of a... Uh, uh, what do they, well, I don't know. I think he, you know, based upon... Uh, 
uh, height to weight ratio. I'd yeah. say he's probably more into a heavier beer, a stout, a porter, a stout, yeah. something like that. Yeah, keep you that know. big belly full. Yeah, I, I think he likes things that are a little bit more filling. Anyway. How do you uh, think Rudolph's nose got red because he used to beat him up? But, uh, you know, he's like, I ah, get drunk off the pints of beer. and breaking into Santa's schnapps. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it all goes to, uh, to benefit uh, the spirit of Springfield, Bright Nights. It's uh, it's to uh, apparently bring Santa back to Bright Nights. Yeah. I didn't realize he was holding out for a contract. This is my schnapps, and this is my work schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> this is my everyday schnapps. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he's holding out for yeah. guys. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah, he doesn't want to. You, know, you ever uh, ever have like a part in your life where schnapps? Uh, the only reason you drank it was because it made your breath fresh. No, I've never used schnapps no, never to use it for, as, like a, as a replacement for scope. No, uh, I've learned I've learned that uh, you can smell booze on somebody whether they try to cover it up with schnapps or not. It but, just smells like minty booze. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> yeah. even that minty booze breath. Uh, it's still fresher than say like a guy who's you know drinking I don't know say like a like a, a pop off or a Mister Boston's lime vodka rumble mints. That's uh, a nice little uh, rumble mints. Doctor McGillicuddy, another good one. Yeah, but uh, the Rumblemans had the you got to go for the higher proof. That's like the hundred proof stuff. Yeah, the Doctor McGillicuddy's. Hey, you're talking a mere thirty percent. Well, that's, that's what you, that's what you grab when you're yeah. low on cash. You want a good fifty percent, like a <laughs> like a Rumblemans. <laughs> it's not. It, it's, yeah. it's always about how much alcohol is in there. Oh, I know. I mean, a good alcoholic always always pays attention to the labels. Well, I told you, I was the guy that would go into a brewery and not really care about because I didn't like the taste of beer anyway. But which one has the most ABV? <laughs> you down with ABV? Yeah, you, you know, know me. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's seven thirty. News is next on Rock One Hundred Two. Seven thirty-three with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rom Hyundai. Technicians get up to a five thousand dollars sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at slash family His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Springfield man allegedly involved in a shooting on West Street in Chicopee was arrested, according to the department, on Wednesday the eleventh, which was last week. Yeah, today's Wednesday the eighteenth. But this is breaking news. Uh, at around five fifty-three p.m. Dispatch received multiple 911 calls for reports of possible shots fired in the area of 50 West Street. When officers arrived, no victims were found and no injuries were reported. An officer attempted to stop the vehicle, believed to be involved on Springfield Street. However, the driver failed to stop and drove into Springfield at a high rate of speed. Officers continued to pursue the vehicle until it crashed on Berkshire Avenue in Springfield. The driver identified as 35-year-old J-Lo. J-Lo. J-Lo LaBoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought J-Lo was a girl. Well, or a lady, I should say. J-Lo can be anything uh, J-Lo wants to be. I wouldn't stand in her way. Was arrested and charged with uh, possession to distribute a Class B drug, cocaine trafficking, firearms violations, possession of uh, ammunition without an FID card, failure to stop for police, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, leaving a scene of a personal injury accident, mm-hmm. speeding rate of a greater speed rate than reasonable, marked lanes violations, stop sign for and motor vehicle uh, refu- uh, operator refused to identify himself. Yeah, that's the one, that's the one he's fighting. Well, you have to fight one of them. <clears throat> you can't just uh, let them take everything from you. <laughs> yeah, because that uh, would be wrong. Right. A section of Route 5 uh, was closed in Enfield Tuesday afternoon. Because of a fire, uh, police said. Route, cl- uh, Route 5 was closed between New King Street and P Street. Authorities did not say 
what type of building the fire broke out at, but the picture clearly shows a home. <laughs> Steve, I got a question. Yeah. What kind of building was uh, was on fire? It was a home. Are you sure? I don't know. The picture shows this, uh, you know, uh, put out fire by with a bunch of firefighters standing around the front of it. It looks like a home. They seem very tight-lipped over there. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Why is uh, the infield uh, fire department all of a sudden becoming like the West Springfield Police Department? You don't want to give us any information about anything. <laughs> we'll just say we were at a building, okay? Okay. I won't ask questions then. That's all we're going to do. Uh, let's see. Uh, two people face larceny charges for trying to steal items from a Halloween store down in Milford. Deanna Peterson Moy, 33 of New Haven, and 19-year-old Tyron Brito, also of New Haven, were charged with sixth-degree larceny. Ooh, makes fifth-degree larceny uh, look like a misdemeanor. I didn't realize we went down that low. Uh, the manager of the Spirit Halloween store on Boston Post Road reported to police that the suspects were spotted shoplifting from the store on Saturday. Arriving officers said they saw Patterson Moy and Brito in the rear of the building trying to hide items behind an outdoor vent. Yeah. The stolen items were later located in that area. About $130 worth of stuff. Which means they stole like two things. Yeah, it was Spirit Halloween. My kid wanted, uh, I think what was it last, a couple of years ago, wanted a Beetlejuice. Yeah. The freaking paper thin jacket. And yeah. pants was like sixty dollars, and I go, no, we're not, uh, we're not doing this. You know, when I bought my uh, Pope costume a few years ago, yeah, that was a rather, I mean, I want to say it was, uh, you know, overly expensive, but it was a costly purchase. Well, did you write it off as an expense? It was a work-related thing that you bought for, wasn't it? Writing it off. You even know what a write-off is? No, but they do, and they're the ones who are writing it off. And then we get, the, I knew we get that one back. Yeah. No, I, no, I didn't. I didn't write that one off. But uh, it was, you know, I'll tell you what, it was expensive because of the quality of the materials, which is the same exact quality yeah. used in the Vatican. I don't think it is. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I didn't realize. Uh, I was I was talking to my sister works for a, for a Catholic high school. Yeah. Down in uh, Georgia. And um, I didn't realize the priests have to buy their own thingies. The thingy, like the the, shra- the things that go, you know, the different the robes, right? But there's different ones for different times of the year, like the Lent and all that stuff. Oh like yeah, there's different, but they're not called robes; they're called something else. They're uh, they're uh, they're uh, they're uh, they're yes, they're vestments. Vestments, that's what it is. Vestments, and you and there's different ones. Yeah, and they go. It's just like any other source of clothing. You could spend $50 on one, or you could spend $5,000 on one. They are, uh, I believe there is an outlet that's called Just Vestments. I love Just Vestments. Yeah, and uh, you go and you uh, decide, well, okay, let's see, I, I'm i going to need red for Pentecost. I'm going to need, uh, I'm gonna need uh, purple for Easter and uh, green for my everyday vestments. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. different de- ways they decorate themselves. And, you know, you can't just buy one set of vestments and expect it's going to last forever. No, I mean, what if you spill wine on your on your vestment? Yeah, or like, uh, I don't know, like meatballs down the, the front yeah. of your the front of your uh, your vestments. Yeah, can you imagine that being in church and then all of a sudden the stain starts talking like that tide stain? And if he's like, through him, with him. <laughs> What did he say? I couldn't hear a word he said. 
So uh, you meet him after the uh, out of the after the service, uh, Father. That, yeah. Uh, th- that sermon you gave, I couldn't hear a thing. Your stain was just popping out to everybody. I, I, I missed the entire homily. Yeah. The the whole homily. the talking stain on your on uh, on the mustard stain. The talking mustard stain in your vestment was uh, was too loud. My dad used to criticize the priest after church. Really? Like yeah. He, like like he was like taking notes. Yeah, like he'd, he'd 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 listen to the sermon and then he'd go up and then he would uh, tell him, "Wow, that was a long one, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he preferred he called them he called them the drive-by masses. Yeah, the guy, there was a guy when I was a kid. There was a guy. There was an old Irish priest, right? Mm-hmm. Lit, you would literally be in and out of the church in like twenty three minutes. It was it was that quick. Like he he wouldn't he'd drop all the music, he'd just go through the motions, say his thing, tell a joke for the sermon, which right. was always fun. Sure, and then uh, we'd all have donuts and coffee afterwards uh, for the church social. Well, you want to get right and to the be, and you'd be home by eleven a.m. Well, you want to you want to be you know, kneeling, standing, praying when the when there's donuts waiting. Nah, Those things are gonna get that's stale. That's just too much. And then there was a guy over here on. Uh, what was it? Uh, th- my par- my parents, you know, as as Catholic as they promoted themselves to be, they really didn't want to stick around too much inside those places. Right. The church over here on uh, Allen and Cooley Street, uh, I believe it's oh, St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's, yeah. yeah. St. Patrick's, right? There was a guy there who, another, they called him the drive-by, the drive-by priest. Yep. You'd go in there. But my mother, right after you received communion, all right, let's go and beat the traffic. And we'd leave before they'd wrap up the rest of the thing. Oh, so, like, so yeah. right after communion, you're yeah, in the parking lot. Listen, you already received the sacrament. What do you really need to stick around for? Everything is in the bulletin that they're going to talk about on that uh, thing anyway. They usually bring somebody up from the uh, the women's club or oh, something. I know. That's, yeah, oh, a- don't forget to join us for our bake sale this weekend. What do you need that for? You know, a lot of people do that. You know, they just like walk out because they, uh, you know. You're you're pretty much over after after, after uh, communion. You're doing the Irish exit after the after the communion thing. Yeah. Look, I already ate. I already drank. <laughs> nothing left there. I See, gotta go. I knew people. Yeah. And this uh, this is like this is not a very Catholic or uh, even a very religious practice, but I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Communion ends, and then people like walk out the door. Like they they they. They try exactly what you're saying, like that that Irish yeah. Uh, exit. Yeah. But rather than leave the church, they go into the room. It's got all the donuts. Yeah. So they're the first ones at the donuts, while what? the rest of us are standing there like idiots waiting for donuts. That sounds like somebody who used to go to the Rock 102 work releases and budge their way through before anybody else got. That's through. exactly yeah. where I was going with this. Right. A bunch of Catholic moochers is what they are. Well, I, maybe they've just gotten the system down. Well, okay, but you know, you got a whole a whole church full of very hungry, sugar deficient religious people in there waiting to get their donuts. And you gotta be first because God forbid your favorite kind of donut isn't gonna be there if you were to wait until everybody uh, until everybody says goodbye. It's, well it's that's not Catholic to me. That's that's anti Christian. Well you hold up the donut and you say, I will take this and eat all of it. For this is my destiny. <laughs> For this is my pancreas. Yeah, yeah I can't. Uh, I can't break this off and get and feed everybody in here. I'm gonna have to eat all these donuts by myself. I mean, I love it when they have donuts, but you know, there's a there's a whole pecking order. There's a whole system. 
A whole system. Whole system. Uh, the Irish goodbye, I think that's uh, yeah. what people call that's it. That's what they're doing. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny with a high of 63. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. I'm living the life that I lived before. Magic Rock. It's eight. Uh, excuse me, 7.50 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, oh, yeah, the weather. Uh, it's going to be sunny today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Thursday, November 2nd, it's Rock 102's Mayflower Marathon Comedy Night at the Armory at MGM Springfield. It's going to be a great night. All brought to you by Dave Miner, Exterior Home Improvements and Aqua Pump. An evening of laughs that features uh, Marty Caproni as your headliner. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times. In fact, I think... Uh, Tomorrow, there's uh, some sort of comedy show, too. But uh, November 2nd, uh, him, Brian Plum, Katie Arroyo, and us, Bax and Nagel, serving as hosts of the evening. All the profits will be donated to the Mayflower Marathon to benefit the Open Pantry. Tickets are on sale right now at rock102.com. Get your seats now. Seating is limited. So buy them before they sell out because this show will. Again, thanks to uh, Dave Miner, Exterior Home Improvements, and Aqua Pump. It's, uh, it's Mayflower Marathon Comedy Night, November 2nd. On Rock 102. How are we going to do that? Are you going to Are you going to do some time? You just, are you going to go up and do five minutes? <sighs> I think you should. I Dude, think you I, got you plenty know, I, of time to get five minutes worth of material together, I, I, and I, just I, you, just I, you on stage, just me. Yeah, I'll go, or you can go, and I'll go. See, the thing is, Steve, it's been thirty plus years yeah. since I've done anything even remotely like that. And I can't say I was good 30 years ago. Yeah. I just, you know, I yeah, I had my moment, and uh, it's been a little bit, uh, Listen, I'm can, way out of practice. Listen, uh, we can make the 10-man move, just get a little bit of WD-40 and grease up those <laughs> wheels for Baxi to get his comedy uh, yeah, comedy know, sparks rolling again. I, I, yes, I, listen, you, you do you it. Know. Listen, you're right. You're right. I, I told you. I said, I'm I'm impressed by the way you do that view from the couch. As much as I make fun of you because of the end of it, mm-hmm. I'm impressed because you put effort into it and you do it every single day like clockwork. You could do the same thing and you could apply that method to what you're doing for a stage. Oh I, I'm starting to get into more storytelling yeah. with my, with my uh, comedy as opposed to do the one-liner joke kind of thing. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of well, morphing. So. See, uh, if I go back and try to remember the, the, the great jokes I told back in the uh, the late late mid to late 80s, uh, they're going to sound like you know 30 to 45-year-old jokes. But uh, it's I don't know. It's all psychological. I mean, I would I there's a part of me that loves love doing it, mm-hmm. but there's also a part of me that's scared to death of doing it because yeah. it's like uh, you haven't ridden a bicycle in fifty years. But I don't think anybody cares. No, I think, I, I, I would think everybody knowing true. going into this, going okay, the guy hasn't done this in thirty years, uh, but I'm sure it's gonna be fine. I'm sure whatever you come up with. Uh, what other what topics could you write about? Well, I mean, we are there for the Mayflower Marathon. I could talk about that. You talk about the homeless. Do we have to talk about the homeless to pull the rickshaws around the city? <laughs> yeah, intimate knowledge of the streets, just yeah, sitting there of, not doing anything. A good deal yeah. of upper body strength, right? Sure. Well, okay. Well, hey, listen, it's something to consider. Yeah, you know, we have uh, what uh, I don't know, a couple weeks to think about this. Yeah, well, I'm, but but you need to start getting going. We need to pick a topic that you need to just five minutes. Five minutes. Five on minutes. One topic. All That's right. it. Okay. What uh, what topic could you do? Well, I mean, 
Wait, your wife's got a good sense of humor. Could you do some like married stuff? Like, hey, uh, you know what it's like being married. Uh, she's always uh, bitching at me that I'm leaving my toothbrush out everywhere. Yeah, I've got this great bit about yeah. Ovaltine. It's oh, wow. really good. That's gold. Oh, it's gold. gold. It's all. It's all I'll, I'll knock it out of the park <laughs> with that stuff. Um, what else could you do? You could do. Uh, what about work? You could talk about work. You could talk about uh, things that bother you here. Yeah, yeah. I, I can just imagine the cat calls from the crowd. <laughs> I'm sure. About things that have happened at work. Well, hey, all right, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, talk maybe, about maybe, maybe, maybe we better uh, leave that uh, one work. alone. Uh, uh, what, anyhow, what, what about uh, uh, your drive? You got a new car. You, you just got a car. Yeah. yeah. You talk about all the, you know, because uh, you were pretty disciplined and drove that other car around for a good ten years before yeah. you before you got a new one. You're not one of those guys that needs to go out and buy something fancy and new all the time. But now that you got one, you could talk about. Uh, how old you're getting and going, oh, the doohickeys and doodads from my old car to the <clears> new <throat> car, it's bananas. Yeah, you can say it like that, too. Maybe I'll do uh, like a bunch of hack material, like uh, say, like at a big joke and smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bunch you, of hacky old uh, type of jokes. Listen, you that's hey, that's performing. Even you could oh, just hey, read listen. those jokes, and uh, I'm had, sure you could you could turn it into a funny. Bit. I had tremendous respect for how badly you ate it, like a. <laughs> but I knew that was intentional. I, I purposely did that. I know you oh, did. Yeah, That's yeah. why I loved it so much. Yeah. I was laughing my ass off. It's when I really eat it. That's when it's that's, really funny. That's yeah. the best. Yeah, genuine genuine eating of anything. Is, Man, uh, I, I, you know, I I would I don't know if there's uh, much support in bringing me back onto uh, into that comedy stage. But listen, uh, I want everybody to go to Bax's facebook page and encourage him oh, to do five minutes worth of comedy for the mayfly it's for the hungry people bex we're hungry to hear you <laughs> and they're hungry for beans yeah well right. cans of beans <laughs> right that's all they want yeah it's 756 at rock 102 here comes the money here we go money talk you could be one word away from $1,000. It's Keyword to Cash on Rock 102. What'd he say? Listen each weekday for... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-11 and Billy Idol with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. You're looking at uh, mostly sunny skies today with a high of 64. Tomorrow, high of 66. It's 51 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, it is time for the keyword to cash, the $1,000 keyword that could put 1000 bucks into your pocket if you pay attention and can spell correctly. Are you ready? Yeah. Today's word is the word payroll. Now, let me spell that for you because you can always spell it wrong. It's Pay, it's P, P-A-Y-R-O-L-L, not R-O-L-E or W with an E and an umlaut. Okay, it's just P-A-Y-R-O-L-L. It the way it's written. Go to the Keyword to Cash contest page on rock102.com. Enter the word payroll for a chance to win 1000 bucks. Good luck to you from Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock. You know how people misconstrue things, and then they'll go on and go, I I heard him specifically say... He didn't uh, spell it right. Spell it wrong. Well, Uh, see, I think people actually appreciate, uh, and we were talking about this off the year, I think people appreciate when we seem like human beings and make mistakes, like a lot of them, like mistakes that every other normal person in the world makes. Yeah. As opposed to us. If you're looking for perfection, you are never... No, you're ever going to find it here. here. Uh, a couple of things here. There's a new uh, world's hottest pepper. It's called Pepper X. It's been around for years, but Guinness finally weighed it, weighed in. Uh, 
It's got 2.69 million Scoville units. Units. The old record <clears throat> was the Car- Carolina Reapers at 1.6 million. Uh, yeah. So this and this guy, his name is Ed Curry. He owns a business in South Carolina called the Pucker Butt Pepper Company. The Pucker Butt. Yeah. He created. He uh, made those Carolina Reapers, and now he's outdone himself by making this Pepper X. Uh, you can't get them just yet. He's not willing to sell them because it's uh, they're too dangerous. Well, you know that's the thing about uh, about people that love eating the hot peppers that mm-hmm. I, I just I don't I don't really get it. Um, yeah, they had the one chip challenge, which yeah. has been taken off the market because you had a kid die. Yeah, uh, you have uh, TikTok videos all over the place of people eating hot peppers like it's like it's no business, like it's no problem at all. I assume that it's because most of those people have lost their taste because of COVID. Yeah. And then, uh, and now you've got this. I mean, a jalapeno pepper is between thirty-five to eight thousand Scoville units. So that's if you multiply, yeah, so that's like uh, that's that's hardly anything. But some people can't even handle that. Put one of these things in your hand, and you're dead. It'll kill you. So what's the point of even making it? I don't know. I told you that uh, when I used to make the uh, the chicken wings in upstate New York, they had this guy had these uh, peppers that were super hot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> more hotter than a regular jalapeno kind of thing. I don't know what the Scoville thing was because it was like a it was like a hot sauce made in some guy's cabin in the middle of the woods in the Adirondacks. Right. And uh, people, the, the most people, most wings people could eat with that particular sauce on it was only seven. Out of the the many years that it was up there, seven was the top number. Right. But the guy would go, one guy went to the bathroom afterwards and didn't wash his hands. Oh, and then boy. He and he had a downtown problem. He had problems downtown. Yep. In the in the plumbing. I, uh, I, uh, I yeah. will not lie. I've uh, dealt with that my, my own damn self. From hot peppers? In Jamaica. Yeah. They serve uh, scotch bonnet peppers. Uh-huh. Approximately the, the same Scoville unit as a habanero. Yeah. A little fruitier. Okay. But uh, if you don't wash your hands, and I'm not just talking like a little soak. Yeah. Not like a, just a little bit of soap, you know, a little bit of soft soap, and you're rubbing your hands for like you know, like like two seconds, and you think, oh, I'm good. Yeah, no. No, no, it's not like that at all. You literally have to like boil your hands in acid in order to, wa- to get all these little Scoville things off your hands. You have to shed it. Is what you have to yeah, do. You, yeah, you almost do. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you, so you go to the restroom and you think, well, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, sweet this, this, Lord this, this, in the heaven. The whole idea of people trying to do this is just a big, uh, you know, uh, yeah. showing off your manhood. Oh, look at me. I can eat Sco- I can eat 2.6 million Scovilles. My, uh, my brother-in-law uh, is one of these guys that thinks that he can manhandle almost any pepper in the world but yeah. he's really he really can't one year uh having a birthday party for my uh for my nephew mm-hmm. who's like he was he's turning nine at the time he's like 18 now but anyway uh my brother-in-law makes these these wings covered with this sauce and he and a friend of his decide we're gonna eat these things now on the bottle of sauce it says you need to dilute the sauce in order for it to be edible. But he doesn't want to do that. He didn't read the bottle. Oh. So he has he has one wing, and his friend Greg 
has another wing. Now, Greg is like six foot seven, like yeah. 380 pounds, just a big behemoth of a man. The two of them were in, in agony. Yeah. And they're turning purple. They're, they're, they're in such pain. Thanks for ruining my ninth birthday party, Dad. Oh, no, it gets worse. Yeah. Because my nine-year-old nephew you know, comes running into the kitchen and says, ooh, wings, grabs one, puts it in his mouth oh. right away. You got a nine-year-old kid who's you know on the ground in the fetal position, said and saying, "Dad, remove my face because he can't handle the kind of heat." Didn't even actually that's, swallow that's it. It's like child abuse. It was abusive, yeah. I think, but nevertheless, at that point, I say, "You dopes can enjoy that yeah. chicken wing." That, I, I got a pretty good tolerance, but I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. That's a pretty dumb thing to do. Stupid. Yeah. Just plain stupid. And I was able to say it right to their face, right, right to their purple faces. I said, dudes, you realize how stupid this is? And uh, did you say to your brother-in-law, at least you're not my blood? <laughs> I take no <laughs> I take no responsibility yeah. here whatsoever. Uh, we're, uh, us Baxendales, we're a pretty smart clan. Yeah, but uh, yeah. We, we, uh, we sometimes associate ourselves with people who might not be as bright. Uh, do you have any family secret recipes that were passed down to you? Um, yeah, there, there were a couple, there yeah. were a couple, anything good. <clears throat> it depends on the side of the family oh, on which side you're yeah. talking about. If you're talking about like my mother's side, my grandmother was the absolute worst cook ever. Yeah. So any secret recipe was best left forgotten. But on my dad's side, my grandmother could, could, could really cook. Yeah. And yeah. And Real simple, you know, nothing fancy, but sometimes these things were really delicious. A new survey survey said, uh, found that 71% of Americans have at least one family recipe that was passed down to them, and we tend to think those recipes are pretty good. Two-thirds think they have at least one that's worthy of a best-selling cookbook. Hmm. Uh, here's a couple more stats on uh, family recipes. 54% of people... With family recipes, got one from their parents, 40% from a grandparent, and 24% from a great-great-grandparent. Well, all I learned from my uh, grandparents is how to make a gin martini <laughs> and <laughs> smoke an Eve Light 120. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, was that, the, is that the secret ingredient? It was the two-by-four of the cigarette, which per paired perfectly with the Gilby's gin oh, martini. Yeah. yeah, and the olive on top of it. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just, just for show. <laughs> Got to show off our culinary, uh, culinary uh, art, art, artwork. Yeah, uh, a lot of those recipes are still just written down. Forty-six percent have a family recipe on note cards or paper. Forty percent have one written in a recipe book. Twenty-five percent know at least one by heart, and just thirteen percent have a digital copy of one. So, do you have like a recipe that's written on something, or is it just a recipe from a cookbook? <sighs> I had a, like a small binder of of recipes, and I don't know where it went. Yeah. Uh, I think I still have it, but there's a couple of things in there that I would love to try to make that my grandmother made that I don't think anybody else would like it, but me. Uh, she used to make. It was called suet pudding. Ooh, suet! I love suet. Yeah, and it's not like a suet cake it hang out for the birds. It's, well, that's it, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's not that. It's yeah. basically a steamed pudding. And she would make it in a, in a coffee can. Yeah. And there was like molasses and raisins and and oh. and it was it would come out and it was it was kind of kind of cakey, not like a like a like a pudding. And you, you'd slice it you know, like a like a round. It would you know it came out in the shape of the coffee can. You sliced it and then she would make her own homemade whipped cream. Yeah. And uh, that's like one of those things where I like. 
I sometimes think about that suet pudding and say, God, I would love to have that again. But you don't have the recipe for it. I've got it somewhere, but I don't have it handy. I would love to find that. Maybe uh, maybe it's like uh, hidden somewhere. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's yeah. it, I mean, it was like dark, dark brown. And they were like, you know, cinnamon and nutmeg in it. It was so good. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't have like uh, my my parents were only children, so they didn't have like a whole lot. of. I guess they had aunts and uncles and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it wasn't a really a whole lot of passing down. And especially, you know, what was an Irish family do? Oh, yeah. It just, it just they just boil everything. We just <laughs> put it in a pot. Let's knock all the flavor and nutrition out of this food. That was the thing that, like, you know, until I became an adult and started discovering that there are other ways to make food other than boiling it. Yeah. You know, my, my mother used to do this corned beef and cabbage for, for St. Patrick's Day. I hated corned beef and cabbage when I was a kid because all it was was just boiled, boiled in meat. a pot. Yeah. Now as an adult, like, oh, my, oh, we have instant pots and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Not that you couldn't have done it with a crock pot back then, but the instant pot and, and the Guinness and the and the different recipes that you do, and you, it's flavorful. It's, it's really good. Oh, yeah. Garlic. I didn't discover garlic until I was, like... Like actual cloves of garlic until I was probably in my late teens. Yeah. I didn't realize that was, I just knew it from garlic powder. That's all we ever had around the house. My uh, my my grandmother on my mother's side uh, used a lot of spices, and by that I mean salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was salt it. and pepper. That's yeah, that it. Yeah, was, that, was, uh, that was all she could, maybe, that, maybe wine, yeah. maybe in things that didn't require wine, but nevertheless, that made it uh, international. There was five kids in my family, so... It was a lot easier to cook. We had a lot of pasta dishes because pasta is a quick, cheap, yeah. easy way to feed a lot of people at one time. We didn't really do uh, like gourmet cook- cooking or things like that. Yeah, you know, I, I it wasn't. Uh, Not we didn't we didn't have that in in our family either. And it's just uh you know. So for a while, I was I was cooking a lot and and trying new things. And now I'm just like I. Now I just now I just pine for the old days when food was placed in front of me. And I've mentioned this before. The only recipe that I've really been passed down was from my uh, my grandma Helen, uh, my grandma Hellman's. Hellman's. Yeah, my mom used to make these uh, things called patunas. I think I've told you about these before. It was from the back of a Hellman's mayonnaise jar. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a twice baked potato, but it's with tuna fish in it and cheese. It's very good if you like warm tuna fish. There's not a lot of people out there, unfortunately, that like warm tuna fish. Well, I never got that done in Dirty Little Brother Kirschkin, but I once had a patuna from the back of a Hellman's jar. But uh, that, that's, the, that's the kind yeah. of recipes that we have floating around. It's just stuff that was taken from, and it's good. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's pretty good. I haven't made them in probably about 10 years. Yeah, see, I, I grew up on things like jello molds, you know, things like that, things that... Things that like had yeah. like hot dogs in it that shouldn't have hot dogs Gross in it. Gross things. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Kind of like that. And my dad used to just, it was basically, everything was just a frying pan full of stuff. He'd make liver and onions for everybody. Man, you really, you really got to. But that was that Depression era thing that he was from. Well, that, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, they used to eat a lot of organ meat back then. Yeah. And now you, I mean. Now you actually see more people doing it because you see these nutcases like the Liver King and uh, you know the carnivore you know MD who are eating you know raw liver yeah. like yeah and, and, and it turns out they're just nothing but loaded with steroids anyway. I used to eat organ meat to survive, and now I eat organ meat for recreation. 
Because I needed the money. I needed the money. It's 824 on Rock 102. Three. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Brought to you by Health New England. They're with, they're here with you every step of the way. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Four people were arrested in Palmer after what police say was a five-month investigation into cocaine sales in the town. On Monday, the Palmer Police Department searched a home at uh, 10 to 26 Chestnut Street. Ooh, that's quite a bit of homes to search through. Uh, I assume it's probably like an apartment building. Probably. Uh, at 4 p.m. and seized more than 100 grams of cocaine, three guns, and various items related to dr- drug manufacturing and sales. 28-year-old uh, Victoria Natalie Putnam of Palmer was charged with uh, possession of a Class uh, B drug. Actually, I'm not, these are just the people arrested. I'm not going to go through all the charges. 34-year-old uh, Eric Paul Atwell of Palmer. Uh, 43-year-old Jason N. Corbin of Palmer and 28-year-old Justin Patrick Franklin of Holland. Uh, was The country or the town? The town. Uh, there's not... Uh, I don't know how you... Uh, not like those giant shoes. How do you run from the police with those giant shoes? Those big wooden shoes? Yeah, yeah it'd yeah. be very difficult. A uh, warrant has been issued for uh, 31-year-old Adam E. Atwell of Palmer for his uh, involvement in the case. He's been charged with uh, distributing drugs and uh, all kinds of other stuff. So... I mean, I could go through all the list of charges, nah, but you it's, know it's, what? It's too much. It's like uh, it's nothing out of the ordinary for somebody from Palmer being arrested. Well, you know, we uh, we judge that town, but you know, really, uh, is it truly that terrible? I don't think it's that bad. No, I, I heard, mean, listen. There are parts of Palmer I could hang out in all day long. I went to uh, I went to Billy the Trash Man's birthday party the other night. Did you really? Yeah. In and, Palmer? Uh, no, but there was a guy from Palmer there, and he's like, I hear you busting on Palmer all the time. <laughs> and then I said, but how can you not? And then he really didn't have anything to say. He's like, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, we're a bunch of people you should make fun of. And you did. A uh, Connecticut state trooper was arrested on accusations that he misused a law enforcement database to look up a woman's license plate. Authorities said 30-year-old Jose Campos was charged with third-degree computer crimes. Uh, On June 25th of 2022, state police said they learned Campos allegedly used the Connecticut Online Enforcement Telecommunications Teleprocessing System, or Collect, to look up a license plate for personal reasons. A third investigation was initiated based on the information acquired by detectives, Trooper said. The arrest warrant was then submitted to charge Campos with computer crimes. According to the arrest warrant, Campos used the database to find out if a woman he was seeing had a car that belonged to another man. I got a man. What's your man got to do with me? I said, I got a man. I ain't trying to hear that, see? Campos posted a $20,000 bond and was given a court date in November. State police said Campos has been fully suspended with pay. An internal affairs investigation uh, was said to be underway. Campos has been a member of the Connecticut State Police since 2020. Nah, he's only a couple of years into it. Yeah, no big but you deal. know, not like you're throwing away a thirty-year career. It's throwing away a three-year career. Good for you. Yeah, but you know, uh, sometimes using those kinds of resources are not meant for your own personal use. Well, I mean, if your uh, if your lady is messing around with another man and you have access to a database that could tell if the, that did belong to another man, you can run that plate. Yeah, you could, but that's not uh, that's not police policy. You shouldn't be doing that. Campos has been the subject of other investigations since joining the state police. He was accused of sexual assault in Southbury, but was never charged because of lack of evidence. Ah, yes. He's got a checkered, uh, a checkered past. Yeah, but 
you know, they get rid of a guy like this, but what about all those guys who are falsifying tickets? I, I know this is not uh, a stalking, that's not a stalking or no. harassment situation, but uh, you're still doing something illegal in your <laughs> in your position. Well, the, the problem, like in Connecticut, when you had all those you know cops falsifying tickets is, you have to determine which of the ones are not doing that. Because it it's sounds easy, like it's easier to find out who the ones who are not doing it. Because that's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like if they're all doing it, then that's uh, you know, what are you going to do? Fire them all? You can't really quite do that. So then what? Then what? Then what? You then got? what you're supposed you to got do? Nothing going on. A uh, an off-duty police officer disarmed a man inside of a South Carolina Walmart following a road rage incident on Sunday. Surveillance footage from the store and conversations with two off-duty officers who were at the store revealed that two men got into an argument while in the Walmart parking lot. Oh, well, that's not ab- abnormal. No, that happens all the time. The scuffle continued inside the store. Oh, oh, that's that's, w- that's when uh, Shiznit got real. <laughs> when you cross over the threshold yeah. into a, lo- a Walmart, game over, pal. Did uh, any of them trip over the falling savings? The no, falling prices? Yeah, they were hurt by the falling prices, yes. <laughs> Watch out, whoa! Watch out! <laughs> hey, that's unfair. There were falling prices all over the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you walk into a store full of violence, and then you're uh, worried about me having a scuffle with some guy? The scuffle continued inside the store. An unknown man was hitting uh, Jefferson Holiday, 26, in the back when Forest Acres police officer Trayvon Warren, who was at the store with his family, stepped in. Uh, investigators said Warren initially subdued the unknown suspect and broke up the assault. Officials said Holiday then pointed a gun at the officer and the unknown man and began walking towards them. Warren said he got between the two men, managed to take the gun away from Holiday, and detained him until uh, deputies arrived. At that point, the unknown man, was the, who was the original aggressor, escaped. A second off-duty officer with the Bureau of Protective Services helped Warren unload the gun and hold Holiday down until deputies arrived. Forest Acres police say all of this happened near the produce section. Why is that important? Because it's usually at the front of the store. I guess, but... Like they chucking apples and uh, pineapples at each other? Would this have been a better fight in the garden center? Or maybe in More the tools. men's clothing? Or yeah, perhaps the uh, women's intimates and unmentionables? There should never be a fight between men amongst the women's intimates at walmart at walmart yeah uh somebody i was there with my family when the situation turned violent along with my own instincts to protect my family and our community i was able to rely on my training and de-escalate the situation call it right place right time or divine intervention i'm just grateful this ended without any shots fired and all innocent bystanders were unharmed no road rage incident no matter how bad is ever worth a life warren said in the statement uh, no shots were fired, and neither of the suspects nor the officers were had any kind of serious injuries. A uh, reward has been offered for information that leads to the arrest of a man who threw a gallon of milk at a passing tractor trailer and smashed its windshield. Jefferson County, Kansas Sheriff uh, Jeff Herrig said that just after 9.30 on Friday, emergency crews were called to the area of K-4 and Detler Road. I'm sure you know where that is. Right? Uh, You've been no. to... You've been to uh, Kansas before, haven't you? Mm, yeah, but I don't know that street. When uh, first uh, responders arrived, they said they found a 2020 Peterbilt. <laughs> Peterbilt. 
tractor-trailer driven by Benjamin Fitzgerald had been uh, headed north on the highway when a suspect threw a gallon of milk at it. Uh, Herrick said the milk jug smashed the passenger side windshield. No injuries were reported. Sources close to the incident said the windshield visor saved the milk jug from smashing completely through. As of Tuesday, Herrick said no arrests have been made. However, the suspect was described as a man in a camo jacket and unknown color pants. Well, they're probably white now. Yeah. Uh, Lazy Ear Trucking said that has offered a $1,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the man responsible. Lazy Ear Trucking. Is that when is is that the co- the company you want to have working on your job? Oh, you're getting your Peter built with your lazy ear. <laughs> Did you ever do that before? No, actually, I I, uh, I have not. Yeah, if you have any information, you should report it to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. But you're never gonna have to worry about that because it didn't happen around here. Yeah, and you know what? Nearly four bucks a gallon. That's an awful lot of. That's a, a huge waste of milk. It is a huge waste of milk. Why would you do that? I would you know, you know pick something that's at least a little bit a little bit less expensive per gallon. Milk's like four fifty nine a gallon right now. Depending where you go, yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, Costco's got it for Costco went up. Costco went up to like three something. Really, and BJ's was lower. BJ's was like uh, two fifty nine. Well, using like a sweatshop cows over there, or what are they doing? I don't know. You know what? The more I shop at these big box stores like the Costco and the BJ's. Mm-hmm. Am I really saving much of anything? If you I can't walk m- out of there for less than four hundred bucks, that's what yeah, I'm you're saying. not saving any that, money. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, like how efficient it is to uh, shop there on a regular basis. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the prices of everything have gone sky high anyway. So, are you really saving in the long run anymore? I don't know. You know, and it's so hard to tell what is really a deal there and what's not. I know there's like a pricing system that they used to use. I don't even know if they still use it anymore. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you know, do you need a 50-gallon drum of mustard? No, you don't. That's you probably don't. Yeah. That's a lot of mustard. It's probably going to go rotten before you use it to get to the bottom of the barrel. I, You know, I will say like, uh, like ketchup, for example, right? They sell like the three-pack... Three giant jar of peck of ketchup. Mm-hmm. That's efficient because the expiration date is usually three or four years on those. So I will definitely go through those bottles of ketchup before the expiration date. And I probably did save a few bucks on that. Yeah. But like if I buy meat there, am I really saving anything else I couldn't just go get from well, Arnold's down the street? Meat know? is a different, uh, a different thing. You're actually getting a higher quality meat for a decent price, even though it seems... But you got to buy a lot of it. That's the thing. I don't know about that because I've been to Arnold's and I've had some really good quality meat there. And then I've gone to Costco and bought something similar and it was like, this doesn't even taste uh, good. You know what I've I've never been able to figure out and I see it there all the time? It's like a two-gallon jar of olives. Yeah. You got to really like olives to whip through a two-gallon jar of olives. but, But a lot of those, a lot of that is restaurants. Like, there's a lot of restaurants that go in there and stock up on those provisionals, like the paper plates and the, you know, what, what, or utensils or foil pans, I understand that. things like that. I understand that. But yeah. even even at the restaurant level, a two-gallon jar of olives is a lot of olives. But do they go bad? I, I would assume olives eventually go bad, sure. Well, how long does it take for an olive? I thought, like, anything in a jar with brine and vinegar and... 
All that stuff is well, going to As soon as you somewhere. open up the jar, you expose it to the air and the elements. Yeah, but you're putting the cap back on, and you're still in vinegar. You're still ensconced in know, salt. Man. I don't know. I've, I've seen some pickles go a little uh, mushy after a while, too. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, wait it for everything. What about a ham hock? A good ham hock. Pickled or otherwise? Pickled. Oh, boy, that's tough. You think that would go bad? If you no, that's, just... that's why you always got to eat it so quickly. You want to rip right into that. Listen, man. I think any of that jarred stuff, if the apocalypse uh, happened, cockroaches would still be killed, but those olives would survive, I think, in in that kind of brine. I hope I never have to live to see the day. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, going to be sunny with a high of 64. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 51 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. You have them, and you love them. And it's Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny with a high of 64 uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 51 right now in downtown Springfield. You know what I uh, like to do? Uh, no, what? When I read stories about people who have been uh, arrested for something. No. I like to go check out their Facebook pages. Oh, yeah, that's fun. And see if uh, I was just checking out some of those people from Palmer uh-huh. that were arrested in the uh, cocaine uh, thing. Right. Uh, listen, I don't mean to stereotype, but uh, I can see how that all happened. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can't judge a book by its cover, you know, Steve. You can absolutely judge a book by its cover. But you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. Yeah, but but you can. And you will. Well, because when you can judge a book by its cover, mm-hmm. knowing that the outcome is probably true. <laughs> See, but you're making a lot of assumptions yeah. here. You know, there are some people that may look like they fit the part may, in fact, be something totally different in real life. I've said it many times. My favorite story that came out of Palmer was the, the guy, the dad and his son, uh, a dad lost his leg on the railroad tracks. <laughs> Out in Palmer, yes, and then uh, you, it come to find like you. I went to their Facebook page to the to. I found the son's Facebook page, and I was scrolling through the pictures, and all of the pictures had them stacking natty daddy cans and pyramids and different things on railroad tracks. So you could see the tragedy about to happen. Yeah, but isn't it you know. nice that a father and son were still able to do things together? That's well, a, it's a very nice, heartwarming story. I don't know. Maybe if you're into trains, you could take them to the railroad hobby show instead. and uh, not do. Uh, you could drink Natty Daddy's there, too. You yeah. don't have to do it. And then you could put a Natty Daddy can on a, on a toy train track and let it crash into it like it's some giant, you know. Like a gigantic Natty yeah. Daddy can. But all fantasy. Yeah, all right. fantasy, not actually doing it out on the thing. So I, I really appreciate when I go on people's Facebook pages and see the hood rat stuff that they were already up to. <laughs> you you love when they uh, when they fulfill their promises. Yeah, you yeah, know, when they live it, up to the expectations you had, even if they were low expectations going in. Yeah, I'm I'm always I always like getting a glimpse into other people's lives, <laughs> especially ones that are doing things that I would never do. Yeah, you yeah. Know? One of the things that that I I always so you go on on Facebook. Yeah. What I always do when whenever you do a news story. Yeah. And you give an address. Yeah. I Google that Google crap right address, away. Right, right away, exactly where it is. I yeah. want to know exactly what neighborhood we're talking about, and if there's a, if there's like a street view, right. I'm de- I'm definitely uh, mousing around that for a while. For a while. 
Oh, yeah, to see uh, what, what the Google car picked up. Oh, so that's what the house looked like before it burned down. Yeah, why is the why is the camera, why does the camera look shattered in this one? Oh, somebody shot at it while they were driving through that neighborhood. The yeah. Google car never the, came back. Yeah, the Google car never survived. Hey, uh, Joe Bonamassa is going to be at Symphony Hall on uh, November 24th. That is the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Uh, Joe Bonamassa, a great, great guitar player. And he actually, he's going to be uh, one of our guests during the Mayflower Marathon. He'll be on the phone with us. I don't know if it's the Monday or Tuesday, but he'll definitely be uh, on with us. Uh, well, those tickets are available right now. You can uh, buy them, I suppose, or you can be the 10th caller right now at 293-1021, and you can win them for yourself. Yes, you can. Good luck on Rock 102. Want to know what it sounds like to win $1,000? 